Welcome back to Cooper Duper, a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people. This is Jess. I am Mikey. This is our second try because the first one was bad. Uh, it's, it's Friday night, so I don't know what that means, but we're recording earlier than we usually do. We're on season three, part 16. That's correct. And let's just dive in. Okay. So we start with um, Mr. C. He's with Richard driving down a dirt road. They make their way to the coordinates that were given to to Mr. C. So two things I love about this. One, we the the last thing we you know, one of the last things we saw in the last episode was Cooper shove a or Dougie shove a thing, you know, a fork in the electric socket. Uh-huh. Something happened. Oh my god, are we gonna get Cooper back? The Cooper we know and love and have been waiting for for 16 fucking hours right are we going to get him back and that's what you want everyone mm-hmm. you're going coming into this episode mm-hmm. especially if you watch this like week to week or like it was on you have to wait, wait for that next you can't just turn on the next episode and mm-hmm. nowadays you can but it was oh are we gonna finally get cooper yeah. and it it's really 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 exciting and he just well, we can wait a little longer. Yeah. You, like, you know it's coming in this That's episode. That's David Lynch's favorite trick. Oh, I think so. It, it's, like, it's yeah. do a cliffhanger and then kind of kick down the road for a little yeah. bit. Um, and then the other thing I love is right before when, you know, during the meeting of Richard and, and Mr. C, mm-hmm. he, you know, disarms Richard and whatever. And then he says, get in the truck. We'll talk on the way. And then we get this opening scene of like Jeez. 10 minutes of them sitting in absolute <laughs> silence and nobody says anything until they literally get out of the truck. Right. So like, wh- what the fuck? Like <laughs> literally the last thing you said is we'll talk in the truck. So you figure you're going to get some exposition. And Richard's just staring at him like, what the fuck is happening right now? Richard, Richard as is so often, is our audience surrogate. We all can relate to him. <laughs> um, Yikes. Yeah. So, um, and we have Jerry, who's still fucking wandering around the state of Washington, yep. I so guess. So we finally get the payoff of why we kept checking in with Jerry lost in the woods. Yeah. So he kind of comes out. Um, he's just kind of walking around, rolling in hills, stumbling. Yep. He's a mess. He's just high kneeing it, <laughs> like just running, <laughs> running through the thing. Very bow legged and high knee. Uh-huh. <laughs> bow legged. I never noticed that until this time. Yeah. He kind of like. Yeah. Um. It's it's like the like drunk like the drunken cowboy from like a high school production of Oklahoma or some shit. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's you know what it is? You know what it is now that I'm thinking about it and likely actually probably is because of the source. He's the fucking scarecrow. I was just about to say scarecrow. Yeah. There's some scarecrow elements. He moves exactly like Scarecrow really from Wizard of Oz. Similar and, uh, and you know, Lynch is famously a huge Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. fan. Mm-hmm. So I I would be willing to bet he got direction of move like the fucking scarecrow. Yeah. Um. So he sees Mister C and Richard from far away. Doesn't I don't think recognizes them necessarily. He just people. Yeah. <laughs> and so he pulls out his binoculars and uses them correctly, like a normal person does. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Nothing to talk about there. <laughs> no, he he holds them backwards and then one like a telescope. Like a telescope. Yeah. Like a telescope, but the other lens is a handle. So, <laughs> uh, and so they give us his POV of just like a tiny black, yeah, like it's it, a black it screen. It makes it look even further, <laughs> obviously. Um, 
So uh, Richard inspects a rock. Um, and Mr. C insists two of the coordinates. Oh, okay. So we he had gotten three sets of coordinates. Can you help me remember what those are? I know Diane gave him one. So he got um, Diane. Yeah. Um, Philip Jeffries. Okay. Via the teapot version of Philip Jeffries. Oh, okay. And um, the Hastings, Ruth Davenport combination. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, or sorry, it um, indirectly from him. He got them from Ray, who got them from Hastings. Okay. Sorry if you can hear background noise, our dog. So our dog was sick this morning. Like, she threw up unexpectedly, and so we've been worried about her all day. And then the last couple hours, she's been like, fuck yeah, let's party, nerds! (laughs) And we don't want to give her anything to chew on in case she's still sick. I think she just ate something last night. So she's making a lot of noise in the background. That's what's going on. I took off her collar, so hopefully we can mitigate some of that. Anyway, um... So we, he has three sets of coordinates, two of which match, mm-hmm. one of which does not. Do you understand that? A place? <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that he's just talking to, to Richard like he's an absolute moron. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Like, he's <laughs> a toddler. This, these lead to a place. Do you understand a place? <laughs> it's like, it's Do like you he's know what a place is? Who does not speak English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. And, and it's just like, huh? <laughs> Just every white woman trying to talk to somebody who doesn't yeah. speak English. Yeah. Over there. Yeah, yeah, ta- yeah, slowing it down. Slow and loud. Yeah, louder. Loud. Just, just like me. Louder usually helps with, with other languages. Because, <laughs> like, I don't really, I don't, I don't speak any other languages. But if you speak them very loud at me, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fluent. fluent in several other it's languages. Really as long impressive. as they're just incredibly Mikey, loud. Donde esta la biblioteca? I feel like I'm getting a little bit. Can you go a little higher? No, because I don't want to blow our <laughs> listeners' ears. Also, that really quickly becomes just a Gordon Cole impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so Richard. So he asked Richard. Richard to go. Two of them match. One of them doesn't. What would you do? What, what do you do? Check out the two that match. Good. Very good. Good boy. And so he, so it's this big rock that's just like. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. And so he's like, why don't you go check that out? I'm sure there's no problems up there. And Richard. Yeah, follow. This will beep, you know, increasingly. And then it'll oh, yeah. be a steady tone once mm-hmm. you get, excuse me, to the actual spot. Um, And he gets up there. The beeps happen as. As it said on the tin, and he gets electrocuted and disintegrates or yeah, something. It's it's like he got struck. It's like lightning strike. It's very like Frankensteinian in that like it feels like lightning. I, I really thought you were about you were just doing a hook joke. <laughs> lightning has just struck my brain. <laughs> I've, ha- I've I've had an apostrophe. An epiphany. Is that a good? What's his face impression? No. <laughs> was, you do no, it. No, that's fine. No, no, you do it. An epiphany. No. Um, <laughs> but he like, yeah, he births, bursts with electricity mm-hmm. from like the chest, from like inside the chest. Yeah. And then slowly disintegrates from the from feet the down up. up. Yeah. And it, it, but it does provide for a really, really cool shot of mm-hmm. his shadow being cast from yeah. the, his own light. Yeah. Is really, really interesting. Cool and then, and then Cooper's just like, huh. Like, ah, oh, shucks. Yeah. And then he says... 
Goodbye, my son. Right. Mystery solved. But so what this means is he's got three sets of coordinates. Two of them match. Mm -hmm. This is the two that match. So two people were setting him up. Oh. Two people set him sent him to this place because they knew it was whatever some booby trap. Yeah, and they were trying to rid Mister C. It very much felt like the Hunger Games. A little bit. It's it is. It's very like we just rewatched. Somebody all knows of these recently. are the coordinates yeah. for some booby trap, flukish yeah. yeah thing, and tried to set up Mister mm-hmm. C to kill him, which means that eliminates two. Now I got to go check out the third set of coordinates. And do we know who gave him which what? I don't think we do. Okay. But ostensibly he knows. Right. 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 Like in theory, he should know who gave him which numbers, yeah? Right. Or at least who gave him the odd number out. Forgive the number pun. Mm-hmm. Um, so but he- I don't, yeah, I, it's tough to follow sometimes, but I don't, I don't know that we know who. Okay. But then, but then in the scene later where Diane, because Diane gave him coordinates, mm-hmm. Diane is muttering about, it's hard to say if she's saying I'm in the police station or I am the police station I, or the sheriff station. Yeah. I, I, and I, I, if, couldn't, I couldn't tell. But she's like, and I gave him, I gave him, I gave it to him. I gave him the, I gave him, the, is she saying there, I gave him the coordinates and those coordinates are the sheriff station? Oh, yeah, probably. But right. also from things that we see later too, I'm in the sheriff station also makes sense. So I don't know. Yeah. It's all interesting. I, you know, I, n- I never watch it with captions or anything like that, but that mm-hmm. would probably clear that up. But either way, we'll get to that a little bit later. For now, Cooper has gained information. Mm-hmm. He, he sends a text message uh, with like an emoticon, smiley face. <sighs> And all in caps. Yeah, and this is interesting because this is when she replies with the coordinates too. Mm-hmm. She gives it to him twice. I don't know what that means. Did she? Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know. I don't know what smiley face all means. I always interpreted that as a sort of, um, almost like Captain America Winter Soldier. Like brainwash oh, words, like Manchurian candidate. Yeah, yeah, like something. This I this symbol combined with this word mm-hmm. should trigger something. is a trigger because as soon as she gets it, yeah, like yeah, I assume that that's some type of brainwash trigger. That makes sense. Um, it's very weird, but sinister. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we cut to Hutch and Chantal, uh, who are waiting in their van outside the Jones house. They see two FBI cars arrive, and the agents find that there's no one home, and they head to Lucky 7 Insurance with some more outrageously yeah. abusive um, FBI. What's his name? Uh, Wilson. Wilson. That poor, poor man. <laughs> and he's so like... Wilson! I... Yeah. Oh, how'd you figure that out, Sherlock? <laughs> like, yeah. You're like running into Al Pacino territory. A oh, bit. <laughs> oh, what a big man you are! You just blew out the whole speakers. I'm gonna have to reduce yeah, that post. You, what, what do you think it's like being on set with a fucking Pacino movie? Poor fucking boom guy has got to be like, God damn it, he fucking blew out my mics again. 
<laughs> his boom make is like 12 feet long so he can get the boom high enough. Whoa, <laughs> what a big man you are. Say the gum part. If you like Let the gum. Buy part. a pack of gum, I'll show you how to chew it. Mikey says that genuinely once a day. <laughs> it's anytime somebody maybe says the greatest oh. line ever written. Anytime anybody says maybe, oh, no, he goes not oh. The best line ever ever written. It's just the best line ever delivered. Yeah, it's it's quite a quite maybe a delivery. Maybe I have a pack of gum. I'll show you how to chew it. What the fuck does that even? mean? I don't even know what that's from. It's from Glengarry. Is it? Yeah. Oh, so I have seen that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him being in Glengarry. It's because he wasn't screaming the whole time. Just part of the time. Anyway. Okay, so... um, So, yeah, so the FBI comes. Nobody's at home. They send Wilson to Lucky 7 Insurance, which is where Dougie works. Uh, We cut to the hospital where... um, Cooper, question mark. Dougie, question mark, is laying in bed. Um, We'll call him Kyle. (sighs) Okay. I think that's a good... <laughs> what, what, what is that reaction? I don't know. My brain's moving really slow today. Yeah. Uh, Dougie. <laughs> um, so he's laying in a, in a hospital bed. He's comatose. Janie E and Sonny Jim are sitting with him. Um, Mullins arrives. The Mitchum brothers arrive. The women in pink arrive. And they're all always bringing these extravagant mm-hmm. gifts. Like he brings like a three foot wide tray of finger sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> the way she... So they're saying, oh, hospital food sucks. Here's some food. We love Dougie so much. We don't want, you know, we want to take care of you. Here's, you hate hospital food. Here's some good food. And the one (laughs) offers Sunny Jim a tray of, like, sandwiches. Mm -hmm. They're not, it's not like they're crudités. We we call these finger finger sandwiches. sandwiches. Which I would understand if they were, like, puffs of something or, like, a shot glass with mashed potatoes. Yeah. They're fucking sandwiches. He's a kid. It's just, it's literally just cuts crust cut off and cut into strips. It's <laughs> like, how kids want to eat sandwiches. Exactly. It's how I want to eat yeah. sandwiches. And then but my favorite though is this gets me every time and I don't he's like, "Oh, you know, they kind of oh, good kid and whatever." Uh-huh. And Belushi does this thing where he like grabs his fist and he's like, "Ah," and like shake like grabs Sunny Jim's like hand and he's like, "Oh, like like, like what you're strong. Are you, oh, what are you're you? so strong man." But he's like he's Sunny Jim's just like limp wristed with it and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And it Jim was Belushi's choices in this are very good yeah it's it's so bizarre but yeah. i i love it it's very odd and of course sunny sunny jim is wearing like the same color scheme as his home like oh, everything is that. like that it's the green which is dougie's jacket yeah and a, the gold which is like everything in their house oh, is like okay. that golden color sure um so i like that and then they also ask for her house key and said they're going to stock their home, which is a nice gesture, but like, I don't know if I'd want strangers buying groceries for my it's, house. It's just a cheap excuse to put the Mitchums at the scene sure. of the Chantel Polish accountant thing. Yeah. Um, and we cut to, and they say something about electricity. Do they say something about electricity at that point? They keep, yeah, they keep talking. Well, the the one there's one really important line in this thing that I think is, you know, on purpose. But they, yeah, they talk. So, so what was this? This was like, it's it's almost bookended with it, where because Sunny Jim asked first, was like, so is this electricity? Mm-hmm. And she and she's like, no, no. And Bushnell's like, well, kind of. A little bit it is. <laughs> oh, God, I didn't even mention Bushnell's there. And Yeah, you did. Oh, did I? Um, and then at the end of the scene, 
it ends with so this was with Belushi being like so this was uh what like electricity (laughs) (laughs) it's great but the the line in there is that they talk about oh well Bushnell says like oh he looks good it looks his vitals are still good, uh-huh. but he's in a coma. I do like that Bushnell's making those assessments. Well, he probably talked to the nurse outside. Sure, still, but, but just... Yeah, it, but his vitals are good, and but he is obviously still in a coma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Janie E says, yeah, but when you go into a coma, sometimes people can stay in a coma for several years. Mm-hmm. Which I had taken as a direct reference to Audrey. It's reminding uh, us that Audrey has likely been in a coma for years, if not still in a coma. Uh-huh. And I think it's no it's no small coincidence that we get that Audrey moment Interesting. of her in a white room at the very end of this episode. Uh-huh. In the same episode, someone refers to you can be in a coma for several years. Sure. That makes sense. Um, whether or not Audrey is still in a coma... Or just was for several years. Mm-hmm. It it seems like she's still in a fucking coma, though. Um. So we cut to uh, Buckhorn, which for some reason the FBI team has stayed in Buckhorn this entire series. Um, Gordon is standing in that hotel room, um, and the machines around him start to light up and buzz. Yeah, and he's he's seemingly hearing or intuiting something like Mm -hmm. he's somehow gathering information and i think it's all information travels or things travel entities or whatever it might be travel through electricity Mm -hmm. that seems to be a given fairly obvious i Uh think because he's tethered to those head to those earpieces Mm -hmm. with the the hearing aids Mm -hmm. That's electricity, and I think that is receiving information. And I think he's gaining some type of, like, sixth sense about what's happening around him in the paranormal world Mm -hmm. via those earpieces. Okay. Um, So we go back to Vegas. Uh, Janie E. takes Sunny Jim to the bathroom. Um, Mullins is then alone in... Oh, Dottie. Uh, so then Janie E. takes Sunny Jim to the bathroom. That leaves Mullins uh, in the hospital room with an unconscious Dougie. Um, he gets a call about the FBI agents at the insurance office. Which he handles like no one who's ever picked up a phone before. Like oh, he no. just like pulls it out and it's just like, yeah, it's Phil Bisbee. And then he's like still like talking as he's like putting the phone away in his pocket. He just like just just talking with the phone. Like. It's on speakerphone, sure. That's kind of what people do. But it was just like, it's such a weird, like, these two need to be talking. I guess we'd have to have it be a phone call. Mm. Like, we just need, put a phone in his hand. Like, I don't don't care about the logistics. Just put a phone in his hand so people don't question it. Yeah. Like, it's just so. They just need to communicate. Yeah. It's, yeah, we need to get this information that the FBI was there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so Hutch and Chantel, they sit in their van. They're just chit-chatting. Um, Agent Wilson and another agent return to the Jones house. And then a limo arrives, and then a bus arrives. Um, and the Meachams all get out. They go into the house. So we have the Meachams and the three women. Mitchum. Mitchum. Sorry, I don't know why I keep saying it wrong. 
Um, and they all go to the house. Um, and then a Polish... Yeah, this, it's, the, it's the van or whatever is loaded with all the supply, pantry right. supplies, yeah. Um, a Polish accountant approaches Hutch and Chantal saying that they're in his driveway. Which is... Do they mean blocking his driveway? I think so. But everybody just said in your driveway? Yeah. But he also, like, I move car. He... I yeah. don't. He doesn't. He, oh, yeah, he doesn't speak. I guess the fact that Hutch and Chantal English, are responding to him like we're not in your driveway. We're not in your fucking and, driveway. And they look and down. Think, yeah. To to make sure they're not in his driveway <laughs> or blocking his driveway. Um, and so he uh, they refuse to move the car. So he pushes. He gets in his car and pushes their van. He tries to. He do, doesn't. Does move not. It. Well, he's all. He's like driving a Ford Taurus. No, I mean it was like a. Oh yeah, he was like it was like a Mercedes or something. Oh, was it? Oh, I thought it was just like a shitty. I sedan. think so. Um, it was like unnecessarily like who has a Mercedes. And then, like, is, has is well Zawalski accounting services, like, stenciled oh, on the yeah. side and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so he starts pushing, um, or he starts trying to move them with his car. I move car. Uh, Chantal shoots at him. He shoots back, and he wings Chantal. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, we have to get the fuck out of here, which I think is a good instinct when you're being shot at. Um and they drive away, but the accountant has like a fucking, I don't know what that thing is, but it, it's like a machine gun, but a handheld yeah. one. Is that a real thing? I have no idea. I don't know either. It's got a giant clip, but yeah. like it, the like mechanism of it seems to look like the, the whole top part of like when you fire a, a gun, that, uh-huh. that part that moves Cuts. back, that top part moves back and uh-huh. loads the next bullet, moves back and loads the next, that seems to be doing that yeah so it seems like like i don't know if you can like retrofit i have no idea it looks like the front half of an air 15 kind of it's yeah it's like a full i don't right like if you just took the front tip where the clip is and the thing i don't know i don't know anything about guns yeah i don't think it looks anything like a air 15 move on don't call me out in front of i was just trying to figure out what part you were talking about but anyway like it's yeah i have no idea if an automated because I've the only automated full like fully automatic handguns I've ever seen obviously via other movies is like an Uzi mm-hmm. and this wasn't an Uzi yeah so I have no idea but why or why or why, or why the fuck a fucking Polish accountant, accountant yeah. has a insane fucking weapon like yeah. this so they try to drive away um, but the accountant keeps shooting at them and they both end up dead pretty violently I'd say yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's just another moment of our big bad guys dispatched very easily. Mm-hmm. Like some rando comes up and kills him. When else has that happened? Um, Duncan Todd. Oh, okay. Hutch and Chantal kill them before anything happens. Mm-hmm. Ike the Spike gets yeah. pretty easily ta- dispatched and taken care mm-hmm. of. Like all the bad guys, there's no like long knockout drag out fight yeah. or something and like, it's not even like a cat and mouse of like Ooh, yeah. who's gonna get what it's just all these people kind of existing yeah and then a few of them die um so the fbi uh arrests the polish accountant um and the hutchins hutchins his name is hutch hutchins 
Hutchins is his last name. Yeah, Gary, his name is Gary Hutchins. Oh, okay. Hutch is just his nickname. Okay, so Hutch and Chantal's van catches fire, and the Mitchums just watch it and are like... People are under a lot of stress. <laughs> it's a, such people a People are line. under a lot of stress, Bradley. Uh, it's That's a great line. Yeah. But the way they're like cowering behind the thing, mm-hmm. like, but like with the gun ready just in case something, but like, what the fuck is happening out here? <laughs> um, okay. So we're back in the hospital where Mullins hears a noise and he follows it. Um, and then suddenly we see Mike. And it's, it's the same noise that we've been hearing. In the Great Northern? In the Great Northern. And yeah, that like kind of ringing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it sounds like when you, after you leave a concert. Yeah, yeah it's your ear, it sounds like yeah. your ears ringing. Um, so suddenly we see Mike appear to Cooper for, and again it's kind of overlaid onto what we see is a chair yeah the with the chair that Janie E was sitting in right specifically but um, he like yeah he's he springs up he's mm-hmm. awake yeah um so Cooper wakes up he's mentally and physically restored he 100%. is Cooper again um th- <laughs> you are awake Finally. Oh, <laughs> that has to be our, our title, I think. I mean, how do you how do you bypass? I am the FBI. Oh, that's good too. <laughs> there's yeah. some great lines. Yeah, there's some great lines in this episode, but I feel like I am the FBI is a far and away a standout. So Mike tells Cooper that uh, Mr. C, the doppelganger, didn't return to the lodge, and he gives him the ring. Mm-hmm. Um. And Cooper has Mike make another duplicate of himself with the strand of his hair, similar to the seed that Dougie Jones turned into. Do you want to dig in there? Yeah, that's a dig into what, what is means? happening in Twin Peaks or why that was a horribly crafted sentence. Uh, I think the former. Okay. I think I'll cover the grammar in this <laughs> okay. podcast. Uh, no, but he... so. Cooper asks Mike, "Do you still have the seed?" Do, in fact, he repeats, "Do you have the seed? Do you have the seed?" Uh-huh. Which now we can refer to that little golden marble-looking thing as the, the seed. seed. Um, but apparently, somehow that seed is what's used to create, create a tulpa. A yeah, a tulpa or a yeah. Um, so ostensibly, we might get another, a fourth Cooper ganger. Correct. Cooper Ganger is what Correct. I'm going to call everything. And this is, we'll get into this, like put a pin in this, I guess, for later. Doppel Cooper. Of what, what the other, the new, the newly created double is. Like, who is it? Okay. Because we see a couple of options uh-huh. and it's a matter of like, did this one go here and that one's the duplicate or did the duplicate go there and this one is in it there's some ideas or some playing with that that i Mm kind of keep thinking about so i will probably talk about that later but i don't want to give anything away to part 18 uh janie e and sunny jim return and they're super psyched to see Mm -hmm. to see dougie or cooper awake Cooper announces that he's leaving the hospital. And, and the first thing he does, which I love, and that's, honestly, that's the moment you know this is actually Cooper. The first thing he wants is food. Yeah. He 
pops up and says, Bushnell, hand me some of those finger sandwiches. Like, Doc is back. Oh, oh, I knew it. Janie E, would you please go find a doctor right now? Sonny Jim, why don't you go with your mom? Okay. Bushnell, pass me some of those sandwiches. I'm starving. The office just called. The FBI was then looking for you. Perfect. You sure came through this pretty strong. Oh, whoa, what do you think you're doing? I know I'm the doctor. Will you confirm that my vitals are a-okay? I'm leaving. Yes. Okay, this is Cooper. Yeah. He's He's got, uh, you know, it's not donuts or it's not cherry pie, but mm-hmm. he, he need, just needs something to eat. Yeah. Him, get, get this man some And food. later when we see him in the limo, he's, everybody's he's like... drinking coffee. Yeah, drinking yeah. Co- everyone else is having Bloody Marys. Um, so Cooper borrows Mullen's handgun. He asks him to contact the Mitchum brothers to tell them that he's bringing his family to the Silver Mustang Casino. And what this kind of tells you at some point is while we were living in Dougie, Cooper was aware of shit. Yeah, that's because he knows. I, I need that snub nose you keep under your left chest. You know, like under what? your left. Like he knew. We don't ever see that, but like he's aware enough to know that that's there. And the thing because that because Cooper never knew that. Only Dougie knew that. Right, and and also. Cooper immediately recognizes Janie E and Sunny yeah. Jim. So yeah. it's Knows not like, names. who are Absolutely. you? So clearly he's been along for the ride yeah. somehow. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and there's flashes of recognition when he hears the name Gordon Cole while watching Sunset Boulevard, mm-hmm. when he sees like Sycamore Lane right. or Street or whatever it is. Like there's moments of like, wait, wait a sec. That looks familiar. That sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Like there's moments of, Cooper's, you know, in the sunken place trying to get out right, or whatever. Right, exactly. Or, you know, has a... Oh, fuck, I forgot what they're called. But from Animorphs, that would have been funny if I knew what they were called. Yeah, not for me, though. Because I don't know anything about Animorphs. It's too bad. Um, and he also says he needs a plane to Spokane. Which yeah. gives us a hint of where he's going. Because mm-hmm. ostensibly, Spokane, Spokane is, is the closest. very close yeah. to... Where Twin Peaks Where we is. know and love. Um... Cooper gives Mullins a message to read to Cole, and he gives his farewells. Um, he leaves with the Jones family as the FBI arrives at the hospital. Yeah. And driving, and there's a little cutaway moment in there of Janie E and Sonny Jim, and Sonny Jim's like, oh. He can talk he's sure, well. He can, he can sure can talk. And, she, and Janie E is very, yeah. And so that just makes you wonder, a, li- like, a little too talk, you uh-huh. know, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, so she's already suspicious of something, but like also very excited. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we cut to Diane, who's back at her favorite hotel bar smoking. She receives the text sent by Cooper's doppelganger and it scares the shit out of her. Like she reacts yeah. in a big and, way. And talks about remembering Cooper, I remember what happened. I remember, like, the, like they talk about pulling the ripcord with the the bob thing. Uh-huh. Like, this is what that feels like. Yeah, it feels like this text triggered something. Where like, oh fuck, I just got all of this right. hidden repressed memory stuff, and everything just came flooding back, mm-hmm. and. Like, to the point where it's overloading her own brain. She doesn't understand it all. 
Um, she responds with a series of numbers, uh, which they have written out for me, and I'm not going to read. Are what are the first few? Like, uh, four eight four eight five five one okay. four two. So that's I don't remember the exact coordinates, but I know it started with a forty eight. Like so, I it, this feels like this is the coordinates again. But aren't but that coordinates are two sets of numbers? There's like very specific like it's a I I don't understand like like you can get into very specific GPS uh-huh. that is a series of several okay. degrees. I don't understand. I don't understand exactly how to read them, uh-huh. but it's not just like longitude and latitude. Oh okay. Um, she checks her handbag, um, and we see that she has a gun in it. And she walks away from the bar, and she goes back to Gordon, Albert, and Tammy's room, or the room where they are, um, and says that she wants to tell them about the night Cooper's doppelganger, Mr. C, visited her. Mm-hmm. And she opens her purse a few times to, like, pull out cigarettes mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and every time it's suspenseful. Um, so and Cooper, er, I'm sorry, Cole knows she's there. So you get, she walks down the hall uh-huh. to the same song that we get introduced to Mr. C, mm-hmm. like the evil Cooper yeah. to that slowed down version. American woman. Yeah. Um, American woman, American girl. Is it American woman? Is that what it's called? I don't know that song. Um, By the guess who? Is that? No, it's. No, that's not them. No. Well, Lenny Kravitz did a cover yeah, of it. It's not that not... song though. It's a different song with oh. the same name, I think. Um. But it's, it's so it's but it's horrifying. It's a terrifying song the, the way it's slowed down like mm-hmm. that. She gets here's the thing that I got that I thought was strange. She gets off the elevator on the eleventh floor. Uh-huh. And then walks to room eighteen twenty seven, which is where Cole is. Right. Why would room oh, eighteen twenty seven be on the eleventh floor? Oh weird. And maybe we're not supposed to see that, but like they have Could, the the floor numbers on the the sides of the mm-hmm. elevator frame, and she walks out, and it's very clearly an eleven, and then she gets to the room, and it's eighteen twenty seven. So I don't know if there's yeah, anything. And that's such a good example of like, ooh, is this David Lynch planting yeah. a clue, or is this? Mm, oh, an this, I like this elevator frame better mm-hmm. on the this floor, so we're gonna whatever. Yeah. Or nobody noticed. No, exactly. But I did, so I don't know. Um. So she says that uh, after Cooper disappeared, um, suddenly the doppelganger showed up at her house. He just walked in, no knock, no doorbell. Like three or four years later, after mm-hmm. yeah, I think I said a few years after. Um, Did you? Oh, sorry. She said she was thrilled to see him, um, but but Mr. C only wanted to know about the FBI's activity. Um, and wouldn't really talk about himself. Yeah, she said it felt like he was grilling me, but I chalked it up to... He's just excited to hear what's yeah. going on. Um, he leans in to kiss her, and she said as soon as their lips touched, something happened, and she knew something was wrong. She became afraid, uh, and then he smiled at her, and he raped her. Um, he... Uh, she says that he then took her to an old gas station before suddenly declaring that she is in the sheriff's station. Diane becomes upset. She says, I'm not me, and draws the gun in her purse. Albert and Tammy both react quickly. They shoot her, and she sort of 
she gets disappears. She gets pulled out. Mm. The way, so there's like we talk about sometimes people just poof. Sometimes they slowly dissolve away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they like crackle in. Mm-hmm. And then like like the red room version of Laura gets like like sucked out. Yeah. That's what happens here. Okay. She gets like sucked out as though she's getting pulled somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see her shortly in the red room. Yeah, so. she, she reappears in the red room. Um, she's sitting just by herself in that chair. There's no table or anything around her. She's just by herself. It's the same chair we sent Dougie to. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike tells her that she was manufactured and she says <laughs> I know and then fuck you yep <laughs> and then her face breaks open and the smoke comes out this really again really and then janky it's really jacked up special effects yeah. it genuinely looks like somebody like fucked up making a gif <laughs> um and so she sort of dissolves away and out comes this gold seed. seed. Yeah. And she disintegrates. She's gone. And then Mike picks that up, the seed. So, Diane is a tulpa. At Does least that... this iteration of Diane. So do we know... Uh, uh, I, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know what, what... What What? do I... What? What? Tell me what it means. Somebody created her. But is there still another Diana out there? Do we know when she was created? Has she been a Tulpa since the 90s and the 80s? I don't know. We don't know. Uh, One thought might be that Mr. C killed Diane. That day that that he raped her and then created a new one. Mm, That makes sense. Because we know at this point, this Mr. C, this evil Cooper knows how to create them, created new ones that he can use Mm -hmm. to do his bidding which via these texts. And and that's why her memory of that was suppressed. Like, she recognized something when she saw him at the prison. Right. But I don't... Something Mm -hmm. that's not the Cooper that I know, but I... So... And he does keep prodding her. Do you remember what happened the last time... We saw each other the last night we were right. together or whatever. Like, so it like, seems like he's, he's repressing some type some type of Oh, I think he's kinda of baiting her to try to get her to remember, like Oh. Yeah. Like, do you remember? And she doesn't know what he's talking about. But he, so. or just he's playing around because he knows she can't remember. <sighs> because yeah. Um and then Gordon sorry, before we got to the red room, Gordon wonders what she meant by the sheriff's station and sort of come mm-hmm. to a conclusion. All right, so back in Vegas. It's so funny. We've had like whole episodes where nothing happened. And this is like action, action, mm-hmm, action, mm-hmm. action. thing, Which I feel like a thing happening in every scene shouldn't be like the high watermark of a lot of action in a thing. But for, you know, Twin Peaks, ter- totally it is. Um, so Cooper brings Janie E and Sonny Jim to the casino. Um, and the Mitchums take notice that he's acting differently. Um, he pulls Janie E and Sunny Jim aside. He says he has to leave. He appreciated the time he spent with them. He says he loves them. <laughs> Dougie Jones is talking uh, very assuredly. <laughs> what is that? You think that's... The cool? Side effects. <laughs> 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 you know, Dougie's talking with a lot of assurance. 
Maybe something to do with the coma? Side effects. Fucking nailed it again. So good. Um, Sunny Jim obviously doesn't understand what's going on. Um, Cooper assures them that someday uh, he'll come back to them. So we'll have to dive into what the fuck that means. But he specifically says, Dougie, will, I'll come back. Yeah. Like, you don't understand what that means yet. But the thought here is he's going to send a Dougie back. Oh, and that's why he could, could wants be what the new he's Talpa. creating. Or, uh, or he's going to come back. This version of Cooper is going to come back. And the new version that he creates is going to do some other thing. I think the former is more likely. Unless he just wants a little wholesome house in Las Vegas working at I mean, there's a whole agency. strong running theme, and it hits very hard in the last episode of home Mm -hmm. and what is home and what makes a home and is home where you are born and raised Mm -hmm. is home what you create is Mm. you know a a personally created home versus a you know circumstantial home Mm -hmm. those are different things what is the meaning of home Mm -hmm. is home a person is home a place i mean it's it's straight out of Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is home? Right. And what, what makes it a home and why is that important? And it could very well be one of those things where this Cooper Dougie fell in love with this life and mm-hmm. his family. But also, Cooper is susceptible to that. This moment sure. he got to Twin Peaks, oh, I love this too. Yeah. And he is just... He's like constantly has vacation brain of like, oh, we should just move here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and he might... You know, he might be just create popping up fucking Dougies yeah. and, or Coopers all over the place to just go live in all the places that he wants to live. Mm-hmm. Um, Janie E. realizes that uh, this man is not Dougie. Because of the terrible ver- way of him saying, Dougie's go- I'm going to be bad. <laughs> uh, to be fair, he's been in the sunken place for 25 sure. years, so give, give him a break. Um <laughs> She thanks him for his help and kisses him before he goes. So then uh, Cooper is... So they're on their way to the plane. They're in that um, uh, that limo. Back of the limo. Yeah. Um, which everything's very celebratory with the Mitchums. It's just they're always celebrating something. And it's and it's all because they thought they wanted to kill him and they hated this guy and then he gave them a 30, $300 million check or yeah. whatever, $30 million, whatever. I, I remember. At that point, it, it's yeah. all the same. Um, <laughs> it's more than a million. It might exactly. as well be a quadrillion billion. Exactly. But they do that. And, and because of the fact that Bradley had the dream about it, and the cherry pie was there, and then mm. that all happened, and then now all of a sudden we just fucking love them. So it's yeah, it, it's like a low it's, key cult around Dougie. Yeah, but it's but it's like the niceness of Dougie rubbing off on mm-hmm. another. Like it's like all the the villains either are easily vanquished or turned good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Cooper explains what his actual identity is. Um. Or or we forget about them, like the the guys at the beginning who were patrolling the rundown Vegas Rancho Rosa oh, yeah. projects with the guns they they just fell they what just disappeared. Them? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so uh so he's explaining to them <laughs> <laughs> Our dog is dumb. <laughs> so when he tells them that they're going to a sheriff's station, 
They say that they love Dougie, but they are traditionally not welcome in such places or by such people. Which is the way he says it is such, such like a Simpsons, like such aforementioned. Yeah, thing. like <laughs> exactly. he's just trying to like. Oh, you're a, now that I know you're not this like bumbling idiot, right. insurance guy. Uh, I maybe I should try to sound smarter. Yeah. And it's all yeah. It's a great delivery. Um, <laughs> don't worry, I can hereby assure to it that that everyone understands that you both have hearts of gold. Oh, so good, <laughs> Cooper. Yeah, he says things will be different. Um, and when he says they have hearts like, of gold, yeah, candy is we'll like see. the candy is stoked. Yeah, as as ever, candy is just stoked to be there. <laughs> so we go to the roadhouse, um, and the MC introduces Edward, Edward Lewis, Lewis Severson the third. The third, yeah. Um, which is in fact Eddie Vedder's real name. Is it really? Yeah. Severson's a cool name. I'm surprised he changed it. Eddie Severson? Eddie Sever? That kind of sounds like Eddie Vedder. I found how he got there. <laughs> um, I did not know that was his real name. Mm-hmm. Um, he performs the song Out of Sand. Beautiful, beautiful song. Such a good song. And like, yeah, well, Eddie Vedder has such a distinctive voice that, and it's not for everybody, but it's well utilized in, in this particular mm-hmm. song. Um. So then, all of a sudden, Audrey and Charlie walk in. What? She's out of the so, house. So yeah, so they're yeah they're they left the house apparently. Still wearing the same clothes. Mm-hmm. So apparently, this all happened in one mm-hmm. night. Um. So they go. <laughs> they do walk up to the bar, and the bartender just pulls out two full martini glasses from behind the desk or from behind the bar, yeah. and they're like obviously room temperature. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just drinking warm vodka with olives in it. And um, Charlie tries to toast to uh, to to them. Mm-hmm. And Audrey... I want to toast to Billy. Audrey toasts to Billy. Just to brat. Like, I, honestly, that's a, just another thing that kind of adds to the theory that she's potentially still in a coma. Mm-hmm. Is... The fact that she is acting like a child. Yeah. Through a lot of this. She's, well, but I like Billy. And I, meh, yeah. you're the one who's the jerk. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like she's acting like a petulant child. Yeah. And she is. Mm-hmm. If, if You know what I mean? If she went into a coma when she was 18 years old. Right. She's Nothing's changed. still a fucking child. Except she's physically larger or mm-hmm. whatever, potentially. Um, the MC once again intru- introduces, steps out, and he introduces Audrey's dance. So I the, the it's hard to look at it now the same, but like when I was like, oh wait, so they're okay, they're at the uh, now performing Audrey's dance. Wait, what? And then they actually play Battle of Menchie's song, which mm-hmm. is called Audrey's, Audrey's dance, dance, and it's just this very like. Meta, are we in the fucking real world right. now? Moment, and it's the first time you see that. It's just like blindsiding. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's just and like, then when the crowd and the whole crowd parts. just knows to just move off the mm-hmm. floor 
simultaneously and then just sways back and forth in the creepiest way. Yeah. While they just watch her dance in basically the exact same way she Mm -hmm. does at the double R Mm -hmm. when we first hear that song. Um, yeah, and it's great. I loved this moment. It was, it's, and especially once you told me that, like, um, what's her name? Sherilyn Finn. Sherilyn Finn is not a dancer, not comfortable dancing, and mm-hmm. that David Lynch kind of coached her through it. Like, that makes mm-hmm. this. Yeah, this wasn't scripted. I don't even think they had the music yet. Mm-hmm. I think, Originally, uh, maybe. Yeah, when they first shot yeah. the first one, I, Battle of Menti wrote that, I think, after. Uh-huh. Um, and so it was just like, get up there and switch. Just just ethereal just move and float and just it's not even really dancing it'll just you're just you're just just floating right and and that's exactly what happens again and it's well and a thing i noticed is that audrey kind of goes in i wouldn't say goes into a trance but like is drawn to the floor when audrey's theme starts playing in the roadhouse Mm -hmm. and as she's walking from the bar to the middle of the floor she's walks really awkwardly like she doesn't she seems unsteady on her feet like I literally was like are those in my head I was like are those heels too high and then she starts dancing and like the longer she goes the more comfortable she looks which I don't know if that was Hmm. it just happened to be how she performed it and whatever or yeah like like she was this was this isn't her doing this by choice this is Mm -hmm. something is kind of taking hold of her or whatever yeah um and so this goes on for, for a little while, and then suddenly it's all broken up um, when a husband cracks a bottle over another man's head and starts a fight. Um, Audrey sort of snaps out of... She gets scared. She runs back to Charlie. Mm-hmm. And then not quite her- straight to camera, but a POV of him. She's close up, like bottom of frame is uh-huh. her chin, top of frame is even cutting off her forehead a little bit. Get me out of here. Mm-hmm. Get me out of here. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we smash cut to herself in a white room. She's looking in a mirror and she panics. Yeah. And, and she's wearing like, different clothes. Her like hair static. looks completely. Her hair looks like. She's wearing something of, white. Yeah. She's, her hair is lighter in color, I think. Um, she's wearing no that makeup. That could be, but that could, could just be. The lighting. be a lot of more, white lighting. It'll, yeah. It, it looks a lot more like. Auburn than yeah. it does. It looks almost black when she's in the. But even like house. even like in the hospital room, Cooper's hair looks a lot more brown. Oh, does it? Okay. Um, than than black when he stands up too. So I think a lot of that is just bright fluorescent lighting mm-hmm. and stuff will do that. Nice look. It's very soft. Yeah. Um. But terrified. She's yeah, and then she panics, which is I I think that little moment is some of the best acting she's done in the entire series. Is like that little moment in the white room. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so good. And. Let's. I mean, we can talk about any theories or ideas or whatever we have for her now because that's it. We don't get any more Audrey. Oh fuck! Really? Yeah. It's it's the ultimate. You know, it's an it's another House Annie level cliffhanger. Oh brother! I don't know. Then I, I then my if I had to take a swing. I'm trying to connect some dots. Because at first I thought maybe she's been in like some sort of institution for the last however many years. Because it had a very institutionally mm-hmm. vibe. But I'm trying to... What I'm doing right now is going back and thinking like... Does anybody talk about her in the present tense? Or does anybody talk about... She's really not talked about at all. 
by anybody besides Charlie and her even even yeah the, even she's almost deliberately avoided in the conversation that Frank Truman has with Ben Horn about uh-huh. Richard Horn. Uh-huh. Richard Horn attacked Miriam. He's the the guy he you know Richard Horn ran over that little boy. Mm-hmm. He then attacked Miriam cuz she witnessed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ben Horn only talks about that boy's never been right. I'll take care of it. All this stuff. Not did you you know and and even Sylvia Horn calls Ben and says you need to take care of yada yada. Nobody says did you contact his mother? Right. Right. She's out of the picture in some fashion mm-hmm. currently. Whether that means she's still in a coma mm-hmm. and this is her waking up from a coma mm-hmm. or she's dead. She's dead. Possibly. She was in a coma and it fried her brain to the point where she's living in some type of institution because mm-hmm. she can't function properly. That to me seems like the most likely. That to me seems like the most likely option because it would most cleanly tie in the way Charlie talks to her in in that he very much talks very slowly and deliberately to her and constantly like is trying to calm her down which to me reads very much like mm-hmm. this person's mm-hmm. kind of volatile mm-hmm. and and I need to keep control over it. I just thought of something else right now that I think is interesting. Okay. Um Cooper and Audrey always had a connection in the original series and all that. Are they actually connected? In some way oh. that she Cooper's been lost in this. Uh-huh. So Cooper went into the 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 red room mm-hmm. end of it season finale mm-hmm. part two or season two finale virtually the same time that Audrey blew up and went into a coma uh-huh. they've both been vegetables essentially right for twenty five years Cooper wakes up does Cooper waking up trigger her? trigger Audrey to wake so she's been in you know potent like a institution of some kind but now is actually awake because mm-hmm. Cooper is awake. Mm-hmm. Like a like an E.T. and Elliot connection. They have some type of Oh, well, she would use a movie reference yeah, I, mean, I could understand. Well, yeah. But E.T. and Elliot are basically simpatico and then they start to pull them apart. Mm-hmm. They start E.T. starts dying when you when Elliot starts dying and all this like Elliot Dies? No, he dying. Oh, and and I've never seen ET. I've been are, afraid are of getting ET sick together, and then, be, but but part of that is because they were separated. Huh. Um, but there's some type of supernatural connection between Cooper and Audrey, mm-hmm. so that when Cooper wakes up, Audrey in turn wakes up. Okay, I like to think of it less that Audrey and Cooper have a connection, and more that. Audrey is independent is like one-sidedly connected to Cooper if that makes sense as opposed to like like you said they're simpatico and they Mm. need each other I think it's a little more parasitic almost because that seems to be how their relationship was in the first season that she definitely is more invested in him than he is in her sure but either way the the so I guess I'm just tweaking what you said yeah the point being because Audrey wakes up from her comatose, not necessarily coma, but comatose or 
vegetable like mm-hmm. state because Cooper wakes up. Right. Like that I think triggers that her to wake up. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that's a good good theory. Um and then we go back And then yeah, so so everything you see of Audrey prior to that um is her like overhearing other conversations all those people all those names are probably like mm-hmm. orderlies and mm-hmm. or other patients or whatever mm-hmm. um and she's waking up from mm-hmm. her state and then we'll get you know a whole through line and story arc in in season four <laughs> uh, and then we go back to the roadhouse and the band is playing Audrey's dance in reverse or the band is in reverse is the song in reverse song seems to be playing forward it's, I don't, it's, just, it's just yeah reversed film it, yeah that's it we blaze through that but I think it's just because everything was pretty straightforward <laughs> as much as a Lynchian thing I would can say be in terms the of like, opposite it's a lot of weird shit that like it's weird to the point of like don't have a theory on that. Uh, yeah, you I know, get the Polish account. Like, there's the things that, like, there's the Polish accountant. Um, reminds me of I really thought, um, the salesman at the beginning was gonna be was gonna play a role later when he comes in to try to sell Sheriff. Tr- I'm looking for Sheriff Truman. Which one? <gasps> that guy. And then he's all creeped out. And uh, uh, I'll just leave my card. And he leaves his card and takes off. I thought that was going to play somehow later. Oh, this guy's important because... File that one and away. Yeah, and Lucy's got the car. No, doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. Those guys with the giant machine guns who are patrolling mm-hmm. Dougie's house or whatever looking for him and they blow up the car. No. So weird. Like the 119 lady and yeah. her kid. Which, again, we're not done with the series, but you're right. you're asserting that, that shit These, are, these are all things that don't ever come back. Okay. And I really thought they were. And instead we get a new character in episode 16 who's introduced just to dispatch of these two other characters that we've right. gotten connected to in Hutch and Chantal. Right. And it's such an anticlimactic death for how long right. we've spent with them just bullshitting around. And again, continues with the Tarantino homage. Like, mm-hmm. to get shot like 75 times mm-hmm. and just blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Blah, like... Like van catches like that's it's a Tarantino overkill. way yeah. to go out. Yeah, you know, like there's there's some you know we get Dougie's gone. Mm-hmm. We got super creepy Mister C. We get what is delivered like an answer in Diane's storyline, but really is just the door to a million more fucking questions, right? Like, this episode is wild. Yeah, it's, yeah, but I, I think you got, like, there's a, but there's a lot of, like, okay, we put a pin in the Hutch and Chantal story. We put a pin in, apparently, the Audrey story. We put, well, like, we're starting, yeah, we're. We're winding down. We're clear, yeah, we're starting to wrap up storylines. And, you know, we're going to wrap up a bunch more tomorrow, mm-hmm. or next week. Mm-hmm. And then. You know, without spoilers or whatever, part 18 is like a different show almost. Huh. Well, cool. Any uh, any other thoughts? I mean, I like Twin Peaks. Oh, do you? That's, that's a show I would recommend. Okay. 
to just our listeners or anybody? Anyone named Cooper or Duper. Okay, that's good. Um, let me quickly plug a thing. Um, my other podcast is called The Friendly Atheist Podcast, and I interviewed a friend of Mikey's and mine um, named Tyler Meesom, and he uh, he is the co-director of uh, a new document. I guess not new anymore. It came out in March on Netflix called Murder Among the Mormons. Um, it's it's a, excellent. It's a docu-series. It's so fucking good, and he's a gem. So I have a conversation with him, and it's a delight. He's, he's, he's all of his work. I, I mean, plug it all. He's, yeah, an honest liar Murder is great. Mor- yeah, Murder Among the Mormons is great. An honest liar is maybe my favorite. One, yeah, one of thing. my yeah easily top five best documentaries of all time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's delightful. It's a documentary about um, James the Amazing Randy, mm-hmm. um, who just died recently which is a bummer he Mm -hmm. we went to a conference with him and he actually offered to marry the two of us when we got engaged Mm -hmm. um so he's a he's a he's a great one so that there's probably some bias level in there that he is very near and dear to us so it's a great documentary that does justice to him is is delightful and we saw sidebar we saw it again in the music box in Chicago. So we mm-hmm. saw it once in Chicago, or excuse me, we saw it once in Vegas where this conference was as a part of like the mm-hmm. uh, the conference. And then it was touring small theaters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so it went to the music box, which is like a kind of boutique theater mm-hmm. in, uh, in Lakeview in Chicago. And I just brought, I don't know if you remember, but um, Holly and James came, uh, my coworkers from Brafton. I don't remember that, but like there's a, like, Johnny Savant showed up. Phil showed up. Yeah, there were a handful of us. But, um, but um, Holly and James, who I wasn't like super close to, I'm friendly with all of them. Um, they had no, they didn't know who James or Andy was. They mm-hmm. did, they weren't connected. Like Johnny Savant was like connected to that world. Sure. He knows who right. Like he was the only one. Who, they were the only ones who came in. Like I have no idea. I'm gonna Let's, see a documentary about something. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> they're like, we can't stop telling everybody about it. Yeah, yeah. So, it's it's really well done. He just did a. A more fun one uh, called I Want My MTV about mm-hmm. the origins of MTV, which mm-hmm. is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, those are, he's, he's excellent. The yeah. movies are excellent. Murder Among the Mormons is wonderful. It's three? It's three, three episodes. episodes. The first one's 45 minutes. The second two are an hour each. So you can do it in one sitting yeah, pretty it's easily. Just, it's, it's a long movie broken up and it's best to do it that way, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the first episode is a lot of groundwork. Yes. Um, I don't want to say it's not good, but it's it it gets juicy yeah. in the second episode. Um, but but you you know you need obviously that groundwork. So I think I think it probably I it's a it's too it's a long movie and that would have turned people off. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense to release it as a series. Yeah. But I think it it views best as a three hour and, two yeah. hour forty five minute movie or one sitting. Um, so yeah, so you can find on whatever podcatcher you use. Um, by the time this goes up, that should be up on the main feed. Um, so I'd recommend listening to that. Yeah, and watch An Honest Liar is on Prime now. I think is it. It bounces it around. Quickly. It was on Netflix for a while. It was, mm-hmm. I think it was even on Hulu for a while. Was it? Maybe I think it's on Amazon Prime now though, as a free one. Liar. Um, it's free on a bunch of like Hoopla, Tubi kind of things, but you can rent it on Amazon uh, or so Apple TV. Anymore. 
right. it's not free but well worth your three dollars yeah absolutely just um, buy it yeah we still we've been begging Tyler for like five years because Mikey wants a Blu-ray copy of it, and he gets in like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'll they, send it to they you. They don't make it in Blu-ray, and I really want it on the shelf. Like I pride myself on my, you know, having movies that I like and ha- owning a physical copy of yeah. them. <laughs> anyway, so we keep bugging him, like, yeah, send me a copy. And he's like, oh yeah, no problem. And I did ask him speci- he I did give him our address, mm-hmm. and I asked him specifically how many times I could bug him before it was rude. He said ten times, so. And have you bugged him any times yet? Zero times. I figured my first time is going to be when the thing is up. And I can be like, hey, interview's up. Also. Oh, good call. Blu-ray question mark? Also, when he listens to this episode, because I'm sure he will. He's a huge fan of just me personally. He's a big fan of jumping into the middle of rewatch podcasts, like a couple episodes from the finish. I was going to say the middle is generous. (laughs) Speaking of the middle. Sorry, this is a thing that I noticed in this that I forgot to mention. Um. I love that you get this first great iconic moment that never came up in the recap, which is mind-blowing. Oh, God, yeah. We just glaze right Um, over that. Cooper, now Cooper. I feel like we can safely call him Agent fucking Cooper now. You know, he's tying his shoe. That's when he grabs the gun from Bushnell. And Bushnell says, well, wait, what about the FBI? Because they were coming. And he turns. And in the exact same frame is the iconic moment of... Him in the trench coat with the lightning strike where he turns and does the thumbs up. Uh-huh. It's that exact same shot where I want him to do a thumbs up and uh-huh. he doesn't. But he just turns, looks at Bushnell and says, I am the FBI. I have a feeling a man named Gordon Cole will call here. If he does, read him this message. You're a fine man, Bushnell Mullins. I will not soon forget your kindness and decency. What about the FBI? I am the FBI. I'm so glad that since we've been waiting this long, we got our Cooper back. Mm-hmm. And he gave it back. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, yeah. he didn't just like, oh, Cooper's kind of back now. Cool. And then we can start taking And he doesn't story. ease back in. Yeah. He comes back and I am the FBI. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's a delightful moment. And I love something that I find interesting that's kind of anti the television formula. This happens right in the middle of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't, our cliffhanger, this isn't our how we start the episode and we get rolling from there. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not it's, it's not the very end of the episode. I am the FBI. Okay, let's see where he goes from here. Yeah. It's smack dab in the middle of the episode. Right. Which I think is a excellent move. Mm-hmm. And then we get weird shit after that in a fucking Audrey in limbo places sure. or whatever. Sure. He's gonna fuck with you. Don't yeah, totally don't, don't but worry, this it's not gonna be too this, linear. This is this is this is a big Ed Norma moment. This is a, Mm. I know what you want, and I'm going to give you things I want them to. Yeah. But I'm going to do them the way I want to do them. And I, this is just, it's a wonderful moment. And I love that it's in the middle of the episode. Yeah, it's great. All right. That's all I got. That's all we got. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Cooper Duper, a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people, hosted by Michael Greif and me, Jessica Blumke Greif. 
Our podcast logo is by Forker Creative. You can follow them at Forker Creative. Our theme music is by Brad Chactus. You can always email us at cooperduperpod at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes and leave us a positive review and tell a friend. We'll see you next week.